Dreamers, get ready to embark on a profound journey of self-discovery and cosmic exploration as we welcome a true visionary to the Dream Hub podcast. Today, I have the privilege of diving deep into the world of lucid dreaming, out-of-body experiences, and energy awakening with the incredible Talete. Tal is no ordinary explorer. He's a passionate guide into the realms of human life and energies that surround us. From his earliest memories of fantasy experiences to a lifetime of research, healing practices, and unwavering curiosity, Tal's journey has been a testament to the boundless potential of the human spirit. So dreamers, fasten your seatbelts and prepare to embark on an extraordinary adventure with Tal as our guide. Join us in this exploration of dreams, consciousness, and the limitless possibilities that lie within the universe of our own minds. Now welcome Tal, you've embraced a unique path. Could you share a bit more about what initially sparked your curiosity and led you on this incredible journey of self-discovery? I'm Lisa. Thank you for having me here. And it's really my pleasure. That was an amazing intro. I, lo- I loved it. And uh, <clears throat> yes, sure. So how everything started. It started like uh, when I was a child, really. I I still remember now I have many, many memories of what I would call weird experiences, which, uh, yeah, anyone like an adult person w- would call like a fantasy. Because I remember when I was one year old, two year old, uh, before sleeping, uh, I, I had these experiences of going through uh, the corner of my parents' uh, room, in their room. I was sleeping in their room, of course. And and through that, I was ending up in this um, colored and kind of uh, fantasy places. How, that's how I can describe them, made of. Uh, plants and flowers, they were all colors. And then, yeah, it kept going changing. I was just flying through through these places, basically. Uh, but that was happening every night, <clears throat> I remember very well. And I had a kind of guide uh, bring me there. Uh, so there was this, I call it a spirit, I don't know, was this white thing coming to the room. Uh, and I was scared uh, of it because uh, I, she was a woman and she would look at me uh, from above my little bed and uh, and I was afraid and then after a while we just entered this uh, portal in the corner of the room and just traveled basically that's how that's what was happening for me uh, when I was a kid yeah and of course growing up you know uh, uh, with education and society and, and all of that I just kind of put that on the side and not, didn't even think about it anymore but he stayed with me always, all the time. I never for, forgot about it. And then when I was a teenager, I started to have similar experiences at night or early morning. I would find myself floating in my room uh, while I was asleep or floating somewhere and uh, things like that. Then I started to investigate. And that's how I got really into uh, lucid dreaming, out-of-body experiences. That's how it started. Then I, I, I had a period of my life when I was I was also partying, you know, uh, taking drugs. And so that got amplified uh, even more, only at the beginning. 
And so I was having even more experiences like that. Sometimes not very nice as well. That I think is related because of, you know, the type of energy of the drugs and those kind of things. But there are still experiences. So I take everything because uh, it's just experiences, right? And so I start to really read a lot of books and uh, watching videos about lucid dreaming. Uh, but at the time, because I was still living in Italy, I didn't even speak English at the time. So I couldn't access most of the material, right? So I was just watching these few videos in Italian. And uh, I remember watching this video of this guy giving a few tips how to lucid dreaming. And, and the first night I tried, I had my first lucid dream. So that was quite lucky. <laughs> I felt like, oh, okay, that's great. I thought, you know, it would have taken me like much more. Uh, and then I got super excited, of course. Uh, I didn't have probably that, uh, you know, that time where you keep going, keep going, nothing happened, and then you get and you kind of give up. So I was lucky in that sense. So I went completely into that, uh, even too much at some point. I was just focusing to that for a few months. And you know, the thing I was, I, I didn't work at the time. I was at home. So I was just into that only waiting to go to sleep. And during the day, you doing my reality checks and all these things. And then, yeah, I was having like lucid dreaming all night, like every night. For So I went really into it deeply. Out of body spirits is something that I had less compared to lucid dreaming. Yeah, the difference is, is like, uh, it's not really easy to explain. I, I, I'm going to try, but uh, the lucid dream, it feels more like uh, you are in your psychic, so to speak. Whether when you are in the out of body, it feels more like, uh, you know, a shared reality uh, on a different frequency. Uh, there are no all these characters that we meet in the dream and uh, sometimes it's confusing, sometimes it's... Uh, you know, all these different things that we experience in the lucid dreaming. The outer body experience, like, is much more, I can say, I would say, like, even real, like, really real, especially when we have the body experience close to this reality, because, of course, there are many, many levels close to this reality, a bit different, and then you go to the higher dimension when it's completely different dimensions. But when you are having it close to this vibrational frequency of this reality, it's like you are basically flying and you see almost the same, your room, if you go outside and, and, and these kind of things. But yes, it's more difficult to have it. For me, I, uh, I had always spontaneously some time and I also developed some techniques, you know, to jump from lucid dreaming to out of body experience. So that would be easier. And yeah, they were amazing. And I think that, you know, having an out-of-body experience really changed your life, even if it was just one time for two seconds. Uh, yeah, it really changed your life. Yeah, you would really be questioning reality and, yeah, everything that you know is different. I haven't experienced an out-of-body experience before, but I know of people who have, and I would love to learn how to do it. What are your techniques that you do? Would you share with us? Absolutely. So the most difficult, I start from that one and then I go to the easiest one, is to 
keep consciousness as you're falling asleep. And that's not easy. Uh, at some point, you will feel a vibration in the body, very strong, like a loud noise in, in your ears. And it's quite difficult to stay with it. But if you go through the process, at some point, you just pop out of the body. And you can do it also from awake, and awake state. You can just relax more and more. And actually, you need a lot of, uh, yeah, really to be connected with your energy body in order to make it more and more loose to detach from the body consciously. And that's the most difficult ways. How I used to do it most of the time in study, it was when I was in a lucid dream, two things I would do. One, I just state, okay, I'm going out of what experience. And sometimes it works, sometimes not, but sometimes I just found myself floating above uh, my bed in my room. And the other technique is to say goodbye to all the character in the in the dream and say, okay, and now I'm going for an out-of-body experience, you know, find the door or create the door, open, you go through the door, and again, uh, you will find yourself in out-of-body. That, th those were my two techniques to do that, which is much easier than, you know, get all that uh, awareness uh, in the awakened state and create the process to leave the body. Mm. Yeah, I definitely, uh, I always fall asleep. I really struggle to stay conscious and doing like wake-induced lucid dreaming. Um, I will try this next time I become lucid. I'll look for a door and I'll give it a go and I'll let you know what happens. <laughs> lucid dreaming for me has been a really powerful tool for personal growth and transformation. Out-of-body experiences when like it's very life-changing in that you realize that there's a lot more to the world and to the reality than what you think there is but can you share how either the lucid dreaming or the out-of-body experience has um, helped you with personal growth or transformation yes absolutely um well first of all when i start to practice like a lot it was a very difficult time. So it was a big part for me to quitting addiction, drug addictions with that. So that's, that was amazing for me. And uh, what I feel is like, uh, whatever you're doing with lucid dreaming or out of body, it's like, I don't know, I feel like the fear that we can hold just release and release more by having these experiences. Because it's like uh, knowing through direct experience, not because someone else has told you that there is much more, that you are much more. And so that is not just this here and so in this reality. So you can relax in a way and uh, and you can feel also your power, your real power. And um, I was doing a lot of shadow work with lucid dreaming. Uh, I read this book from Charlie Morley, probably uh, you know him, his Dream of Awakening, I think, was the book. And um, so I was working a lot with shadow work. So every time I become lucid, I would ask the dream to work with the shadow. And the dream changed suddenly. You you will start to feel difficult feelings, fear, anxiety, whatever it is. It's a bit like a video game. Something will happen in the dream. If you can stay with the emotion and it's like you solve the dream, and you release a blockage basically. And sometimes you know what it is, sometimes 
you don't, but you feel it. Like you really feel it when you wake up. So that was a lot of what I was doing with myself in that sense. Mm. Um, out of body experiences, I, yeah, I just met some beings that really helped me just by talking, basically. It, it didn't happen very often, like just a few times, but yeah, it was really, was really helpful in that sense. Were those beings like in another astral realm? Like you traveled out of your room and up higher to meet other beings? I actually, personally, I, I made them quite close. Uh, I didn't go to any, you know, special or uh, weird places. I was, uh, it looked actually, uh, the environment was as the same of this reality. So I was very close really. And I met this uh, being sometimes showing up as normal person. Sometimes, you know, I, I was wondering myself, you know, maybe it was an actual person existing and not another being when they show up as a person. I never found out that, but uh, I can say that, yeah, they really helped me just came by talking, basically. What sort of questions would you ask the characters that you come across? I would ask, uh, I would ask a bit of Curiosity, kind of curious things like uh, what is this and, uh, and but when I was asking th those kind of questions to know more, I didn't really get much answers back. <laughs> but when I was asking about myself or how to solve some trauma or when I was telling them what's going on, they will always give me feedback and advices of and reassurance as well. Mm. Uh, in that sense, yeah. That's really interesting. I find with lucid dreaming, when we start questioning dream characters or people that we come across, like, who are you? Where are you from? Or you want to know, like, who's in charge? Or if you're asking questions about the dream itself, they kind of shut down and they don't respond to you. But you're right. When you ask a personal question about yourself, then they give this like really simple, wise answers. I feel like they can be really short, but very insightful. That's so yeah, interesting. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, speaking about characters in the dream, well, it it is personal, but honestly, most of the time, they don't answer or they start to talk crap or you know. <laughs> yeah. like, they don't, yeah, it's like, it's fun as well, but yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. And you've been doing these sorts of journeys for about, what, two decades with your personal development. So how has this helped you to sort of understand consciousness? Like, what are your thoughts on this? To be honest with you, I feel that uh, also the more we go deeper, the more it opens, the more I'm not sure what I know, what I don't know. <laughs> it's so vast. But um, yeah, what I got for sure is that we are not only the physical body and that we we have much more. And um, yes, and that we can uh, change things from different perspective, perspective, from this reality, from other reality. And, uh, and so it becomes easier in a way. But regarding consciousness, it's difficult to say. I really had so many weird experiences, even with just doing breath, you know, of leaving my body and 
just ended up in this black space where is only I, I only aware about awareness is not even me. That's the best I can describe. But nothing is happening. So yeah, I I think I don't know what to say <laughs> uh, more than this. I think the more we discover, the more it's complex. That's my yeah. feeling about it. Yeah, I agree yeah. with and you. That kind of in the past, I would have like you know get fired up to understand and find more, and now I kind of relax because yeah. It's, it's very difficult to actually know uh, everything. So, and I start to listen to people who has more like, let's say, a science approach to things. So, you know where they got to, as well. But yeah, they can't explain many of this phenomenon. So, mm, yeah, nobody really knows, and it's very interesting hearing the different opinions of scientists or spiritual people and. And everybody has their own opinions. And I think that the thing that we can all agree on is that none of us know. Nobody knows. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. Absolutely. Um, so your work, you actually cover a variety of healing modalities. So you also do Reiki and you're very passionate about restoring balance on multiple levels. How does Reiki contribute to emotional and spiritual well-being. A lot of people have heard of Reiki, but they don't actually understand what it does. So how could it how could it benefit people? So yes, this uh, this is an interesting topic because um, I think the difference. Personally, I found out that with any healing modality, it's kind of really personal. So I wouldn't generalize. Uh, I mean, we can generalize a few points that it for sure it brings more harmony and balance. Uh, most of the time, it calms the mind, it relaxes the body, and uh, so it has many many benefits. And uh, missing, I feel with 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 Reiki as well is like how you use it, because this energy, you know, uh, we decide how to use the energy. Of course, it's a mystery. The energy itself is a mystery, like dreams out of body, you know, we can't experience it, but it's difficult to put it in a box and say, okay, is this? So we have general benefits, but I feel like uh, how it's used is the main point. So for relaxation, but at the beginning, it's actually to open your view of life. I think the first time you do Reiki or Usually it's Reiki, but this kind of healing modalities, they just open for you a new world, basically, if you never done anything like that before, because it's something that you can really feel. And it is an expansion, basically. It's a, a great expansion. And, and from there, the journey is very personal. So, you know, some people get your know, mind blown when they do Reiki. Some people, much, it depends really what, what is there for the person. Uh, but speaking of Reiki, you know, it's like, uh, it is very popular, but the, for me, it was life-changing, personally. Uh, so, and it depends how much you engage with it as well, like anything else. So it's a great, great tool. Yeah, and very loving, I would say. Did you have some profound experiences when you first received Reiki? I did when I, when I did my training uh, level one and two. Uh, after the training, 
I was in a state of, I would say bliss. I don't know how to describe better for, for two weeks. Like I was some, something in the body and also in something really shifted like massively. And then I, of course I was practicing a lot. And, uh, so again, it was an expansion. It showed me that there is more and that more can be done and explored. But the main thing, yeah, was this amazing state of being I had for probably two weeks after my first training. Yeah. Yeah. I've had Reiki before and yeah, it's interesting because it did, the feeling lasted for about two weeks for me as well. And I noticed a very physical shift, like in my digestive system a lot, I could feel it felt very, very different. Um, like the energy was flowing from my toes up to my head properly, uh, which was really nice. You're a Reiki teacher now, so you pass on your knowledge to others. Um, what inspired you to start teaching and guiding people on their own journey? Yes. So, and this is the magic of things because for me, uh, you know, when I did my, all my training and my teacher training as well, it wasn't in my mind at all about teaching, not even thought about it. And, but because I love the energy, I just asked my teacher if I could be in the class sometime when he teaches, you know, just to be there. And he said, oh, well, actually, you know, there is a woman who usually is helping me with the classes that she's not here. If you want to come and help, I say, I said, of course. And from there, we, I went all the classes. Basically, we became very good friends and I being, yeah, just assisting him for one, two years. And, uh, and then I start to teach, uh, he, he actually is from Mexico. So, uh, he's, he wasn't always here in England. And so he decided to, you know, let me teach his some classes and that's how it up, it up. And I think just the Reiki energy brought me to teach, basically that's how I see it. Uh, it wasn't planned at all. Mm. Yeah. Have you ever done Reiki within a lucid dream? No. <laughs> I I still have to try that one. <laughs> I I try to meditate it, but uh, I don't know. I just wake up. Yeah. If, uh, the, I tried a few times to meditate, uh, and yeah, I just wake up. Um, one time, I I in and out of body, I I practiced some healing. Actually, it wasn't Reiki because I haven't done Reiki at the time, but that was pretty amazing. Like I managed to heal my gums. You know, I had like gum inflammation and uh, I created this ball, sorry, of something uh, in the air, in this out of body. And I kind of, I ate this ball. And then I say to myself, heal the gum, something like that. The following day, inflammation was gone. That was <laughs> pretty amazing. Everything is much easier. So fair enough that you ask about Reiki because in this reality, we have much more limitation in the dream state or out of body, much less. So much more can be done with any healing. So, yeah. Yeah. I've been noticing and learning that healing, yeah, it, it works so much deeper in the dream world or in the spiritual realms and energetically. Yeah. So it's so interesting. What are some dreams or do you have any dreams that you would like to share? Any of your favorite dreams or dream experiences? 
there is one that will always be probably for now, and I don't know in the future, but for now, for me, it's the top one. Is um, I don't even know if uh, it's a top one for me because I don't know if it was like a lucid dream, an out of body was different from anything else. And so I was here in London and uh, yeah, I was in my bed almost asleep. And then something happened that a voice came out from my, from, it started actually from the bottom of my belly and it started to come out from my mouth, but I didn't feel like my voice. And then it turned into be multiple voices. It was getting quite loud. And in my mind, I thought, of, wow, I have to stop this because my, you know, my flatmate, they're going to come and see what's going on. And as I thought that these things stopped and I felt like someone just dragged me up in the, uh, in the air, you know, like if I was floating in, in my room, but like actually being pulled here and there quite strongly. So it wasn't pleasant at all. And I tried to use some healing stuff, symbols to protect myself, these kind of things, but nothing worked. And then slowly this, uh, pulling here and there became less and less and less. And I was in the center of my room, like floating. I could feel, you know, like the sensation of like floating in the water, but like still. And then I heard something, uh, appearing around myself, like a sphere and the sound that these things was, uh, Pulling out, it was like a, you know, like a capsule. And then these things start to travel and I couldn't see anything, by the way, it was all dark, everything dark. And I could feel like I was not just traveling inside this thing, completely aware for a long time. And then at some point I woke up in this bed, in this room, it was all white. It was this man smiling at me. It was like a, a, a room full of machines. And uh, so I stand up and I start to walk around, not knowing what was going on. And I asked the man, the man wouldn't, wouldn't answer really. He was just smiling. When I asked, am I dreaming? He was just smiling basically. And while all this is happening, and that's why for me it was different. <clears throat> it's like, I was thinking also about my girlfriend, uh, how I have to tell her this, you know, usually you can't think about other stuff mm-hmm. when you are in a because you just wake up, right? So I could also have the experience by thinking about other stuff. Then I just sat on this chair and I, to watch basically this man was getting in people in the room and he was killing them with this machine. So he was scanning the chakras and I was just watching this thing happening. And then there was this girl that came in at some point and she was sitting close to me watching this man operate all this machinery to heal people. And, uh, and at some point this man just turned to me and, and he is smiling saying, do you think you are dreaming that? And at that point I woke up, but the funny thing is like, it took me, I'm not joking, half an hour to realize where I was and why I was in London still, because it felt that where I went was my place. Mm-hmm. that London was much, much farther in the past. Uh, yeah, this was the, this was the experience. And actually, you know, the girl that was sitting with me in that room, uh, I don't know if it's her, but she looked the same as my actual partner. <laughs> and, 
of course, we, I, at that time, we didn't know each other. We just met last year, so. That's yeah. special. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> <something>. <laughs> yeah. I hear of people having dreams of different places and worlds and lives and that these dreams go for so long. And like you said, it feels like your place. Like it felt like home more than where you actually live in this reality. And I've heard of people having dreams and like waking up and like mourning the life that they had in their dream because it just felt so real. I love that the machine was also like healing chakras. Like you do um, Kundalini healing as well. Um, I wonder, was that dream that you had before you started doing your healing work? So that dream was exactly when I did my level one of Siddha Kundalini healing. You, it was actually happening when that happened. So I believe that that's why as well, because mm -hmm. the training was quite, you know, it's not, uh, it's quite intense. It's a lot of Kundalini breath work, a lot of practices. So it happened exactly at that time. So yeah, probably it opened something more. Yeah, could you explain to the people listening who don't already know what is Kundalini healing? Yes, so Siddha Kundalini healing is um, is a healing modality which is not very well known, and that's because it's a creation of uh, Dani Dani Sher, the teach my teacher. He was living in India with his gurus for many many years. And uh, he was learning a lot of stuff and basically he put many things together to create this system, which basically involved the channeling of energy of Kundalini and Sanjivani Shakti, which is another female energy. Uh, so the combination of this energy will be channeled through the hands uh, and then the, we use crystals and sacred geometry. We make mandala. So it's really a combination of different tantric, yogic, and tradition like that that he put all together. So how it looks like is like, uh, it's similar to Reiki. We don't have hands on like Reiki. So you're just sitting, channeling energy. Uh, but most of the process is done you know, uh, energetically and in the mind by using the crystal and these uh, sacred geometries in different ways. And it's super, super powerful. It, it really is. Uh, it goes really deep and also you have the possibility to bring the healing to different dimensions. So you basically have the possibility to bypass the limitation of this reality and that's why the healing is much more powerful and yes that's what it is to make it long story short yeah <laughs> that's great yes, so it's still more, yeah. more healing in other realms to get it just on such a deeper level it's so interesting yes yeah and you're interested in breath work as well do you see how breath work is so linked with dream work and that there's like the dmt release the same that we have when we're dreaming and when we're born and when we die and when we do breath work. Tell us about any of your profound experiences with breath work. Yes, yeah, so breath work is like, I started to really engage with breath work as I started um, uh, my Siddha Kundalini healing training actually. 
before I had so much resistance, <laughs> like to breathwork. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's when I discovered it. Um, but yeah, I would, uh, especially with Kundalini breathwork, I had a few times that experience that I mentioned before, you know, that my body disappear and somehow I'm, I am just awareness in a, in a black space where nothing is happening. Absolutely nothing. And it would be not a long, like, uh, it would last like a few seconds. And then I will just come back. So that was the, the experience I had the most. And uh, a few times I, yeah, I had some vision of different beings being in front of me. Usually when there is, you know, when you bring the energy up with Kundalini breathwork and you hold the breath. So the energy goes up, 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 and uh, you kind of flip the body and uh, all the psychic uh, abilities, abilities expand. And yeah, you perceive whatever is there or around you. That's funny that you say that you had a resistance to breath work because I felt exactly the same way. And I didn't know why. And it was kind of funny because I was trying to describe it as like, I don't like jumping in a cold pool and going swimming, but I know once I've jumped in, it feels really good once I'm in there already, but I have resistance to do it. And that's how I felt about breath work. Like I just didn't want to do it and I didn't know why, but I knew once I was in, it would be really good for me. <laughs> What was your resistance around? Uh -huh. Well, at, at the beginning, it was just, uh, I think it was just unconscious at the beginning. Um, I was living in this place for a year where uh, I was volunteering and there were like different practices as well during the day, meditation and breath work. I remember, you know, I had like two days off available and I would make sure that I would use that when there was something related to breath work. <laughs> it was... <laughs> so big the resistance that uh, it was just unconscious and uh, and then it's by doing it a few times that when I, I, I could see why is because there was something there that the breathwork would bring up yeah. uh, and, and the challenge of it as well uh, so that's why just didn't want to go into challenges or to feel something simple as that really yeah yeah the breathwork it definitely you feel the stuck emotions rise up to the surface physically and visually and emotionally kind of all at once, I feel. Um, I feel like it's a lot more physical than in a dream. Like in a dream, you can see it. Sometimes you can feel it emotionally, but it's not such a like physical, energetic thing that's going on there and the stored memories in the body have to kind of get out in a way um so yeah the the resistance of having to feel things um i i really liked how you shared earlier that you were using lucid dreaming to kind of get over drug addiction would you share any more information about that or give any advice to anyone who's listening who may be wanting to look into doing something similar? Yes. So um, the thing is, um, it's just, I think intention has to be there. That's, that has to be said. Like anything, whatever you tools you use to, you know, uh, break through any 
addiction or toxic pattern. Um, yeah, intention has to be there strongly. And uh, I think lucid dreaming, it, it, it's great as well because uh, it's not only you work on that, it really expands your curiosity, which is, I think, I think that's the problem with addictions is that, is that also at the core there is this feeling of where well, different things are worthiness of that there is no life in life there is not really something more fun than that and all those kind of things right so for me when i managed to lucid dreaming the first time like uh, the sensation was like you know a healthy sensation that you have when you start to using drug at the beginning like oh this is amazing so it's it's so healthy it's for oh and uh and and that's it doesn't require anything if not yourself to have the intention to to do that and um and you know even i found also even if you don't become lucid but you set the intention before sleeping of helping uh with whatever you want fiction whatever in your dream found out something happened anyway if i i don't become lucid i know what you mean about the feeling when you first lucid dream it's such a rush and it was like i remember yeah. i woke up and i was jumping around my house like woohoo like so excited so in two ways really you were using your dreams to help you with addiction because not only were you kind of replacing the addiction to drugs with the addiction to lucid dreaming instead so it's like a healthy swap but then you were working within the dream around why you had certain addictions and trying to remove shame and guilt and gain more understanding of yourself is that right exactly yes i use it as a, as a substitute for you know for the transition at the beginning uh, and it went back and forth you know it's not like i was done straight away but mm -hmm. uh, and then the other thing yes i was working inside the dream and you know sometimes i don't really even know uh, what was really happening about what i would just ask to work and, and, and some help. So sometimes I will get information just, you know, by someone showing up in the dream and talk to me. And sometimes it was actually, you know, the dream, something that will happen that I need to deal with. Uh, but the basic of, of that is whatever happened is just to stay with the feeling or usually it's fear. Actually, most of the time it's just this rush of fear. If you hold it, then, and you get until the end of this dream and and that's fine. Uh, that is the main process to uh, just, just to feel the fear, basically. And maybe if you can't, and the thing is like there, we can't escape, but you know that I'm sure in reality, we can escape in many ways There we have to be with it or we wake up. So mm -hmm. that was what I was saying myself. And then also lucid dreaming would help with addiction because if you want to lucid dream well, you can't really have your body intoxicated for it to work properly. So you sort of think, exactly. well, if I really <laughs> want to have a really profound lucid dream that I need to stay off any other substances to be able to make that work. Yeah, I've even found like, Absolutely. 
so much of what we put into our body affects our dream state. Yes, it does for sure. That's a good point. Um, yes, uh, I still, you know, sometimes I, because I like sweets, <laughs> sometimes what happen at night, maybe I eat some sweet and then the dream, it, the dreams are completely wild. So, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's when I sure. have, when I have a lot of sugar, my dreams chop and change very quickly. The scenes or what's happening, the storylines don't really make sense. It's like my dreams are hyperactive from the sugar, like a crazy little kid. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think also, especially to keep, uh, you know, to stay the lucid dreaming, to keep the, keep it going. That's the main thing that the body and the mind needs to be clean. Uh, yeah, because by intention, even if you're not clean, you can have it, but it doesn't last usually. Mm. So, yeah, and the clarity yeah. isn't great either. Yes. Um, so how do you like to get lucid? Do you have any particular um, tips or tricks that you could share? Uh, yes. Um, so, well, when I started, I was trying Chuck reality all day long. I think it's wasting of energy in a way. Um, so I will, I will concentrate more the thing all two hours before sleeping. So, you know, I will, I will make sure that, uh, in those two hours, uh, I, I relax or I don't use the phone or laptop, things like that. And I use a combination of uh, intention before sleeping. When I lie down, I just say to myself that I'm going to, to have a lucid dreaming. Or actually the sentence for me is like, I'm going to be aware that I'm dreaming. I'm going to be aware that I'm dreaming until I fall asleep. That's my my, my sentence. Of course, it, it can be changed. And um, I will do a few reality checks before sleeping. Yeah, the more common one, you know, to look at your hands and then look away and look again, see if the hands changes or, or jump, just jump on the spot. <laughs> and you know that you, if you are not in a dream, you just come back normally. If you are in a dream, you kind of float. Ooh. So those are the two. I'm going to try that one. Yeah. Just see me jumping around yeah, the house. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for a couple of hours. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think because reality checks, there are many, but I found that the one related to the body are better because, you know, there are there is also those that you read something uh, or, but they are not close to you. Your body is your body. So even in the dream is a test that you can do all the time straight away. Yeah. Yeah, so I found that these are the most. Mm. Yeah, that's great. My daughter has been holding her nose and seeing if she can breathe and using that as her reality check. A lot of times she oh, dreams yeah, that she's cool. a fish and that she's underwater as a fish. So then, yeah, she's going to, she just keeps doing that and testing. She hasn't had a lucid dream yet, but she's only four. So. <laughs> We'll see how she goes. <laughs> but I mean, you were remembering dreams at um, one and two years old. I think that's so incredible. I have yeah. a one-year-old baby now and it got me thinking like, what was she going like on these adventures in the night while she's sleeping? It's amazing. 
Yeah, yeah, being a kid is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you can things. remember it though. I hardly remember being a kid at all. I just remember watching cartoons a lot. So um, that's really incredible that you have such mm. a good memory. Yeah, well, you know, I think I'm grateful for it because it's like, I don't have like a great memory for everything, I, to be honest. But yeah, so I'm really grateful to have, you know, those memories still there. I see through following you online, on social media and looking through your website and everything that you really emphasize the importance of self-love and self-acceptance. So could you share any practical insights or exercises that listeners could use to begin embracing these aspects of themselves? Yes, absolutely. So I, I see it uh, like uh, two different practices. One, I, I call it for myself, the yes practice. The yes practice is, you know, we know ourselves to give ourselves what is nourishing every day. Something, it doesn't matter what, you know what, it could be a hot bath or, you know, whatever it is that we know that we get benefits from. Uh, you know, it could be even a breath work, it could be anything that, you know, <clears throat> is good for us. And uh, that's a part of how I see self-love, but actually put an action there to do something and for ourselves. And then there is the other part, which is the no. And the no, it's, uh, which probably is more difficult. It's, you know, all those times that we say yes, when it's no. I see self-love a lot uh, as that, as I used to be, you know, quite a, of a yes man and people pleaser. And then I was getting in even more trouble because I want to please everyone else and myself as well. And that's impossible. So, so yeah, this practice of have the courage when it's, it's not to say no, basically, uh, regardless what people think. So I, I did it like this for myself, yes and no. Uh, one in action and one in boundaries, I would say, or just be true to yourself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Could you use it, for example, say you're being offered dessert or alcohol or something that you think you shouldn't have, but you say yes because you're trying to be polite. So instead of just saying yes when you're, body's feeling it's a no, you need to stay true and just say no. Yes, yeah. exactly. That, that's, that is really empowering, I find. Uh, even if it's a small thing like you mentioned, mm. uh, you know, it builds up, it builds up, builds up confidence. And yeah, it, we need to do anything possible to make sure that we are driving the car, car I mean ourselves by car, but uh, yeah, and not someone else. Yeah, and of course we go back and forth. Sometimes you know we we fall and then just get up and carry on. But yeah, so how I see it. Mm. Yeah, that having this kind of experiences, uh, first of all, it shows you that we are much that you are much more than just your physical body and your problem and your emotions. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom and your beautiful energy, Tal. 
is there a last message that you would like to leave for the listeners or any any piece of wisdom you would like to share a favorite quote or or anything at all and yes well thank you for having me here it's been uh, amazing i'm really grateful and uh, it's been a pleasure to talk with you and yeah my invitation which is the invitation that i always give also where you know when i teach reiki classes of to any client is to just to explore and just go for it don't listen to anyone else don't even listen to myself <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, don't listen to Tal, just explore for yourself, because I think that's what really makes the difference, find out things for ourselves. And so, yeah, just go for it and lucid dreaming and out of body and anything else, of course, that you would like to find out. Oh, hey, can I ask you, what did you think of the dream interpretation webinar? You came along to my class. Thank you for coming. It was nice to see you there. How did you find it and and what's come up for you since then? Yeah, I found it really, really helpful, <clears throat> really great because, um, yeah, what we teach in that, um, you know, webinar is the part that I haven't looked much in my experience, which is, you know, the interpretation of the dream because I'm quite practical. So I like to go in and do things in the dream. But since your webinar, uh, I've been, you know, uh, analyzing my dreams and it's super helpful because I go through the instructions that you gave us yeah, in the manual and and usually I don't even need to get to the end of the instruction because as I apply the first few points it just come to me oh boom 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 okay it's that then so that's like game changer for sure for sure because of course I'm not lucid dreaming every night so but I'm still dreaming a lot so you know, that was super helpful uh, to do. I really see a different approach that is, yeah, it's really helpful. And it's much more probably easy as well, because once mm -hmm. you dream, you write it down and then you have the material there. Maybe you'll see dreaming out of body becomes more difficult to obtain, but, you know, having a dream, write it down and having that guide that you gave, I think that's amazing. Yeah, it's very reachable for anyone. So that's yeah, thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for that. I love hearing about that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really cherishing our non-lucid dreams as well as our lucid dreams. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Tal. It was great to connect with you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Melissa. Ciao, ciao.